All right, it is a special midweek U.S. Open Cup version of the Twenty Alley Soccer Podcast. We have Kyle Mankey on coming on with PitchBlackNews.com covering San Antonio FC. We'll be on to talk and preview the Tulsa and San Antonio FC match of the third round of the Open Cup. Also, we'll talk a little bit about the two matches from last week, Reno and Timbers 2 with the Roughnecks. And we'll also briefly touch on Tulsa Athletic and their shocking result from the weekend in in Branson. So, folks, it's that time. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a small – you don't have to stay in the shelter for very long, but you got to get those pillows, the blankets, and it's another episode of 29 Sock Podcast. All right, folks, welcome to another episode of the Tony Alley Soccer Podcast. Your host, Roger Graham. Thank you, everyone, for joining me today. We have a preview of the San Antonio FC Tulsa Roughnecks Open Cup match on this episode. Before we get into all that and in the interview with Kyle Mankey here, just a few moments, let's talk about the past two matches. And we're just going to briefly touch on this and uh, first match was, I guess, last Wednesday was Reno at Reno, a 4-0 defeat to the Roughnecks. And the highlights are, I don't know, the stream was down. So I was leaving for a trip, so I decided to pack. But anyway, 4-0, that's all we're going to talk about for that. Uh, so the two matches, Sacramento, Reno, road trip, was not... A successful road trip, but those are tough matches. Two week, midweek matches. You're talking six weeks playing, or uh, three weeks, six matches. Midweek with the Open Cup, midweek with the Reno trip, and then prior to that, midweek with uh, Vancouver Whitecaps coming to town. So you had a midweek or Thursday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, another Wednesday, Saturday matchup there. It's a lot of matches to play, lots of tired legs. Tough playing on the road. I'm just going to chalk that up to just a little bit of tired legs. And it's just a, it's just one of those matches where, you know, Reno just took advantage of it, home match. And, yeah, just got the result there, 4-0 their defeat in Reno. And then we turned around, had a successful match on Saturday of Memorial Day weekend, uh, really, uh, there was uh, just a great goals. Uh, Svon Tessin had that third goal, which was you know, the little header there, the little flick from um, Jadama, caught him, uh, caught the perfect timing on that goal. And then prior to that, he had Rebus with the goal and then the uh, PK uh, with um, Juan Pablo Kaffa getting the goal there. I didn't see the actual foul on that um, PK, so I don't, maybe somebody could chime in and tell me that. But anyway, uh, Tulsa Rough next 3-1. The big, real big news was the uh, rain delay in about the 55th minute. Uh, delayed for maybe an hour, hour and a half or so. Uh, unfortunately, it was not at that match because I was out of town. But anyway, Tulsa Rough next get the big result, 3-1 at home over the Portland Timbers, which, folks, this is a little bit crazy here, but the standing schedule – or the standings here for the West. Don't look now, but Tulsa Roughnecks are in third place. I, I know. Well, here's what's happened. 
San Antonio FC and Salt Lake, the Monarchs, Salt Lake City, are running away with the league. They both have 29, 27 points, Tulsa with 15. So <laughs> you have 12-point gap between Monarchs and Tulsa Roughnecks. And you have a ton of teams. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So 10, 11. So 11 teams, starting with Energy at 13th and with Tulsa at 3rd. 13 teams within five points of each other. So the playoff race is going to be very interesting. And in fact, you can throw LA Galaxy in the mix with eight points. And you have everyone except Portland Timbers, two represented in that big pile. So it'd be San Antonio Monarchs and then Portland Timbers, two that are not in that big pile of players or teams in within seven points of each other. It's going to be a tight one, folks. Lots of usl action to come because we've only played 11 10 11 12 matches eight some cases here's 32 matches to be played so we're not even some teams aren't even a third of the way through so lots of soccer to be played so we have that and then a big really interesting result from uh, tulsa athletic uh, again didn't get to watch the match it was on i believe friday night in branson against the demise in psl which is the old Joplin Demise, new branding team, beat Tulsa Athletic 3-1. 3-1. So what's happening? Well, uh, just from what I've talked about, you know, I talked to a couple of guys and just a uh, team caught them on counterattacks, uh, committed a lot of numbers. You know, Tulsa loves to score, uh, Athletic loves to score points, may have got caught counterattack. Could, could, the, put, could, uh, could not put the ball in the back of the net uh, for Tulsa Athletic. So we have a very tight, now all of a sudden, we have a tight race in the NPSL Heartland Division. So this is, a, I think this is great. This is great for the this league that's getting better and there's more teams that are competing and you know not every match is a 9-1 win. You've got to show up against these teams, and and you know, or could end up losing. Uh, FC Wichita in first place. Uh, if of course Tulsa Athletic, I believe have. Well, I said that. I was, I was thinking. That, I guess there was a match this this week during the midweek. But anyway, uh, FC Wichita has seven points. Tulsa Athletic was six. Wait, do I have this wrong? Okay, I think I found it. All right, so Little Rock Rangers are actually in first place with eight points, but they've played four matches, uh, whereas FC Wichita and uh, Tulsa Athletic have played only three. So Wichita, seven. Uh, Tulsa Athletic, six. Dallas City, four. Demise NPSL at three. We've only played three matches, by the way. And then Ozark FC there with zero. So what's next for Tulsa Athletic? Well, they have uh, more matches coming up here, obviously. Uh, we have, yep, in fact, they are home. Tulsa Athletic is home against FC Wichita. Bitter rivals there at LaFortune Field, LaFortune Stadium there in Midtown. That is a 7.30 kickoff at LaFortune Park or LaFortune Stadium. Go out there, have a good time. I uh, went out there uh, to watch the, the Ozark match. And it's a nice area, nice stadium, great part of town. You'll have a good time, no question. So there you go, FC Wichita coming to town. Great matchup there 
great rival. So anyway, on that note, we will uh, turn it over now to the interview. I uh, was able to talk with Kyle Manke of PitchBlack.com, managing editor over at PitchBlack, and we were able to get together and do a little preview of the Tulsa, the, wow, Tulsa Roughnecks and San Antonio FC U.S. Open Cup. All right, folks, we have a great guest to help break down the U.S. Open Cup match, which will take place, well, tomorrow. But today, as this podcast drops uh, here a little bit later this evening, we've got Kyle Mankey on with uh, Pitch Black uh, Podcast, uh, here to talk all things San Antonio FC related. Uh, Kyle, how's it going tonight, man? It's good. It's good. I, I'm looking forward to this Open Cup match. It's going to be something. Yeah, it really is. It's a, you know, it's one of these matches. Uh, I think this is the fourth time Tulsa and San Antonio have locked horns in official capacity. Pitched an official match. And well, right now, I don't know if this is a good time to, I don't know when it's really a good time to play San Antonio, but you guys had a big win against Swope Park uh, at Swope Park. One nil victory there. And uh, USL uh, West looks like it's two. It's a it's like the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors right now, isn't it? You know, coming into the season, I, I kind of made fun of myself a little bit. Kind of called myself a homer because I predicted SAFC to take it all. But I'm thankful they've opened up the season eleven straight uh, uh, undefeated games. So. <laughs> Um, you know, that prediction is looking, looking pretty good so far, but yeah, uh, Salt Lake city is, is right on the tail. Yeah. That's been, I think the big, I, I don't last year, I, I thought San Antonio would, you know, make the playoffs and we're just, I mean, just right there on the cusp last year, which you know, had some injuries, a little bit surprising result there, but it looks like they've added some pieces in the off season. Billy Forbes being the big one, uh, and one that I thought was a big uh, pickup as well. Uh, Chris Tierpak, a local guy there, uh, and pl- picking up San Antonio. I thought those were great acquisitions. Uh, is, is there some? You know, I know those two have done very well, but what do you think's been kind of some of these other players that have really contributed? And I know there's a ton, but those are the kind of names that you hear of. Uh, talk talk about some of those other players that have really contributed to this uh, really good run right now. Yeah, Billy Forbes, uh, Chris Tierpak, and then Cesar Elizondo and AJ Ajiqua on the attack have all been huge. But really, it's been the other side of the field that's been standout. Um, I think it's five or six straight clean sheets right now um, in USL play. Um, so that that back line and then the holding midfielder, Pekka, mm-hmm. um, just unbelievable right now. So. At the center back position, you've got Sebastian Ibiega, um and Stephen McCarthy, who both have MLS experience. Mm-hmm. On the fullback, you've got uh, Greg Cochran, who came from Chicago Fire. I, I'm not sure if Ben Newnham has any MLS experience or not, but one of the top fullbacks in USL. Um, and then coming off an of injury right now, we've got Cyprian Hedrick coming back, yep. somebody who you know played a lot of years in Oklahoma City. So it's almost going to be a tight race between those three center backs to see who starts, but you know, it, it's crazy because Matt Cardoni was the starting goalkeeper coming mm-hmm. into the season. He's been injured for a few games now, and they're still holding down those clean sheets other than uh, one match against Seattle. That was a little bit of a fluke. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that, that defensive side of the field is really keeping San Antonio competitive and letting them play the type of game that they want to play. 
Yeah, it's really, you know, San Antonio's really made that big step. And as you're just sitting there talking, I'm like, my gosh, do they have any weaknesses? Is there, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, there for a while when Billy Forbes was just racking up goal after goal, led the league there for a few days, kind of got banged up a little bit. It's kind of slowed down, thankfully for us. <laughs> uh, but of course, he'll probably heat up now that we're playing him. But, uh, Oh man, how, how do you this? I know you had the Scorpions, and and they've had those good runs back in the NASL days. How, how does this kind of compare to some of those teams, and 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 what you've seen out in San Antonio before? Uh, the Scorpions brought home the the NASL championship in 2014, which obviously you don't get better than that um, mm. for that league. But <clears throat> this team just kind of feels different. It feels like the guys. You know, it feels like a family that we're yeah. watching. And, and it feels like we've got some guys with tons of experience, like Rafa Castillo and Sebastian Abiega, a lot of those guys. And then a couple young prospects that honestly have MLS potential, like Devin sure. Vega, um, even Billy Forbes. I'm not sure he's necessarily considered a young prospect, but someone who doesn't seem to be slowing down by right. any means. So um, comparing it to the Scorpions, on the field, it definitely feels like we're watching a team that, that wants to compete, wants to win it all. Sure. But the biggest difference is what happens off the field, behind the scenes and around the stadium. It's just such a more authentic experience. There mm-hmm. were so many sponsorships with the Scorpions that were honestly a little inappropriate. There was <laughs> a, a pain therapist or a physical therapist something i don't even remember what the company was that sponsored anytime there was an injury they would call them out <laughs> and anytime there was a corner kick there's a sponsor for that oh gosh it's just it's it's a great experience and i think that's showing kind of around the community here sure. as well yeah yeah i've seen some of the guys at the san antonio spurs matches and i know they probably know a guy that can probably hook them up with those but you, you see them you know they're, they're obviously you know on twitter they're always you know doing something in the community so that's really good stuff and then i think is more important you know even than really the soccer is, is that aspect of it but do you see this team slowing down at all i, I know there was a few uh, i guess fortuitous matchups early on playing some of the two teams but getting it done at smoke park i, I mean do you think this team's slowing down? Because I don't. I don't think so. I think Swole Park was definitely the biggest test that they've had mm-hmm. since RGV to start the season. Sure. Um, <clears throat> and even then, that RGV match, um, it was extremely windy, and it was the first one in that stadium. So I don't think either team really had much of a grip there. Sure. Um, but yeah, I. They have to lose at some point, right? Like right. <laughs> I, I actually predicted a loss against Swole Park. Um, but the way this team is built, they, they are built around defense and playing the counter and capitalizing mm-hmm. on those one-on-one matchups. So right. I think as long as Billy Forbes, Chris Tierpak, Devin Vega, kind of those guys who can drive you all the way down the field and, mm-hmm. and make you pay, as long as those guys are healthy, I don't know how to beat San Antonio. Right, honestly. right. Yeah, I, I know the playoffs are kind of squirrely, and anyone, I mean, we saw an OC last year beating uh, uh, Sacramento, but, you know, as I think I, I think you're right. All things being equal, this is a pretty tough team. I mean, yeah, everyone can go through a dr- scoring drought and, you know, not hit, you know, hit everything, but it, put it in the back of the net, you know. But 
Yeah, it's uh, it's something I called out kind of early on. It's like it's, they look like they're running away with it. So, you know, maybe the monarchs will catch up to them or, or whatever. But yeah, it's this is a tough team and really a tough, really opponent for Tulsa coming into the Open Cup. Do you, do you think that uh, T- San Antonio they're going to load up the first team, or do you think they'll play some of the backup guys because since it's a midweek match on the road? Yeah, um, I think knowing San Antonio's MLS aspirations mm-hmm. and knowing the attitude, um, having spoken with uh, the head coach Darren Powell and, mm-hmm. and the technical director um, Tim Holt or managing director Tim Holt. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to win and they want to make a, a run in the open cup. So in the last match, you saw a lot of guys who haven't gotten any time in mm-hmm. USL yet. Um, they ended up winning two to one in that game, which was a little closer than I think they wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. So I personally, I expect the full starting 11, the the full, full guns blazing against Tulsa. Yeah, and, and with it being a USL opponent, you, you really don't want to lose momentum, you know, play a team. Yeah, it's it's not a USL match, but you certainly don't want to lose that momentum. And, and, oh, yeah, it's a regional rival in your conference. And, yeah, I, I expected that, but you never know. Sometimes maybe they're, you know, someone's got an injury and you got Swope Park coming back to town on Saturday. It's, it's, it's kind of tempting to go, okay, you know what, let's move on. But you win, you're playing FC Dallas at home. And that's the thing. Yep. Uh, San Antonio has never hosted an MLS team at home. To have mm-hmm. it be not only just an MLS team, but you know, a quote unquote regional rival. Sure. If, uh, you know, if the move happens, um, obviously, I think anyone would have rather it be Houston as All opposed right. to the defending champions of the U.S. Open Cup, a, a MLS team that takes the Open Cup very seriously, but. Right. Um, you know, obviously got to get past Tulsa first, got to see what happens with this match first. And I think they're focused on that. Yeah. And speaking of MLS, uh, I have to ask, since I have it on the horn here, what's uh, the latest and greatest news with the San Antonio? I mean, obviously that was like from day one, that was the plan, go MLS. Uh, you saw since, uh, Saturday, uh, wow, uh, St. Louis, <laughs> To me, yes, teams, man. I always get them, <laughs> I always get them tongue-tied. St. Louis, that bid maybe on the brink, and Sacramento had a little bit of a dissension there. But you know, San Antonio, it's kind of like I haven't heard much, so it's kind of like is no news, good news, or is there some things kind of going on behind the scenes that we just haven't heard about? Yeah, the thing about the San Antonio bid is that all the players are already in house. Uh, it's first sports and entertainment, same ownership as the NBA team. Um, they are the ones pursuing the MLS bid. Um, the city and county, uh, city of San Antonio and Bear County jointly own Toyota Field already. Mm-hmm. So there's no issues with acquiring the land or acquiring the stadium. Um, so really the only thing we're waiting on is um, if any public money is going to be required for expansion, which mm-hmm. we expect there will be. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, we're in the middle of a local election. Um, there's two mayoral candidates that are going to a runoff uh, in a week or two. And one of them is the incumbent has been extremely supportive of bringing MLS to San Antonio. Mm-hmm. The other one uh, has been kind of lukewarm, not really for it, not really against it. He mm-hmm. was a city council member before and he voted for the purchase of Toyota field. So that's really all we have to go off of. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we'll see what, what shakes out there. And sure. then probably 
closer to the fall, we'll see more details about what San Antonio's bid actually has in it (laughs) as they try and hype up voters and get voters onto their side. But I would be shocked if the voters went against San Antonio FC because Mm. it's the Spurs. And and as cheesy as it sounds, the Spurs are almost like a high school football team or something like yeah, yeah. You drive through downtown and there's huge banners. There, like that's that's the main sport that we have here, the main right. team that we have here. So, uh, I think they're going to have you know Manu Ginobili and Kawhi Leonard out mm-hmm. there dribbling a soccer ball <laughs> in a commercial, and, and that's all it's going to take. Yeah, so. it's like yeah, it's like in uh, you know the Thunder. Same thing here. You know, it's if Russell Westbrook said. Yeah, let's get a soccer team. We would have one to, you know, we, Oklahoma City would have one tomorrow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, great stuff there, Kyle. And uh, tell folks, I know you cover, do a great job there covering uh, San Antonio FC. Uh, but for folks who, who may not be aware, uh, tell them about the podcast and where they can find it and uh, any way they can interact with you on social media. Yeah, so I'm the managing editor of pitchblacknews.com, which is a blog um, that mainly focuses on San Antonio FC, but we also talk about MLS expansion and the um, NWSL team that we have here, the San Antonio Athenians SC, Mm, the women's team, um, and uh, just kind of general USL news, pitchblacknews.com. Uh, we also have a podcast that comes out once or twice a week that uh, covers pretty similar topics. We just started a video production side of the site, which we're really excited about. So nice. some cool things happening there. Uh, and then I also write a little bit for a couple other different places, um, the Rivard Report and uh, SB Nation sites and that kind of stuff. But um, you can follow the blog at, at Pitch Black News on Twitter, or you can follow me Personally, on Twitter, at Kyle underscore Mankey, which is M-A-H-N-K-E. Um, you can find that at Pitch Black News uh, on Twitter. But yeah, um, yeah we're, we're pretty active on Twitter. So uh, that's that's definitely the best place to get San Antonio FC news, in, yeah. in my super biased opinion. There you go. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice. And I know I always see some, in fact, some of the San Antonio fans interact with me. Just, you know, they're, they're so hungry for soccer news then they must be really desperate to holler at me. <laughs> but anyway, no, there's a lot of great fans, and I know you guys uh, do a great job on on, on the website, and uh, it's it's a kind of a one-stop shop for all, all your, uh, in fact, all the other news you guys cover as well, uh, not just San Antonio. So uh, anyway, Kyle, I appreciate your time, man, and uh, – and we'll see how the how the how the cards stack tomorrow night at uh, TU uh, track and uh, Hurricane Track Field, San Antonio and Tulsa Roughnecks. Kyle, thank you so much for your time, man. Have a good night. Thanks for having me, man. This is fun. You too. All right. All right. Thank you so much, Kyle. And uh, also at this time, I'd like to thank uh, the BGN Beautiful Game Network, BGN.com, B- or I'm sorry, BGN.fm. And you, that's where you find the podcast and old recordings as well so go there check it out also other great podcasts as well covering various levels of the game but anyway on that note we are going to wrap it up this week uh, special thanks again Kyle Mankey and Michael Mitchell uh, helping with the back end of this stuff anyway folks thank you so much again God bless you have a great one